Hence the name of my message. This morning it is called, Love the Lord Your God. See, we just don't want to be people with a faith in Jesus Christ, but we want to become people with a mission for Jesus Christ. Amen? And today I would like to speak from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4, chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, the great theme of loving God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. See, if we have the idea that uh, the New Testament is all about external rights and rules, then take this in. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And these commands are to be on your hearts. We are talking about a personal, spiritual relationship with Almighty God that is forged by faith and that is characterized by His love. And it is right here, friends, in the Old Testament. So we are trying to get away from the idea that there is two different stories of the Bible. No, there is one story, God's amazing love and His redeeming grace. Now, the gospel reminds us of the central place of these words in the whole of the scripture. Uh, because as you read these words from the book of uh, Deuteronomy, you may remember on one occasion a teacher of the law, someone who was a great expert of the book of uh, Deuteronomy, came to Jesus and he asked this question of all the commandments. Which is the most important? And that's a really good question to ask, isn't it? Of everything that is in the Bible, what matters most? What is it that God wants of me? What is the core? What is it that God wants from me? And Jesus, he answered the question to this man with these words from Deuteronomy. And it says, Jesus said in Mark and chapter 12, verses 29 to 31, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And here's the most important, Jesus said, says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And Jesus said, that's the first commandment. And then the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Matthew in chapter 22 and verse 40 records, Jesus, he added these words, all the law and the prophets Everything in the Old Testament, the whole of the scriptures the hangs on these two commandments. Everything that God, he says us to do, all that he calls us to do can be summed up in these two things. Love the Lord your God with your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you think about the Ten Commandments which were given in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 1 to 22, it lays out for us what loving God and loving your neighbor looks like. 
The first four commandments, they tell us what it means to love God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make an idol. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. These are the commandments that frames what loving God looks like. And, the, and then the next six commandments frames out for us what it means to love your neighbor. Friends, what it will mean to love your neighbor? Well, it spells out like this. Honor your father and your mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't covet what God has given to your neighbor and not to you. So the Ten Commandments tells us what it means to live a life of love. They spell it out. Amen? The New Testament tells us to live a life of love. And we ask, what the, how does it look like? What does it mean? And the Ten Commandments is giving to us an explanation what it means to live a life of love. Jesus says this is the core of what it's all about. And all the law and all the commandments hangs on this. Now Martin, Martin Luther says that this book of Deuteronomy, it's all about love. Chapters 6 to 18 apply the first four commandments. They explain what it means for God's people to love him. These chapters are about worshiping God and not turning to idols, etc. Chapters 19 to 26 apply the last six commandments. They explain what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. It speaks about unsolved murders and it speaks about violations of marriage. It speaks about weights and measures that's been put in the marketplace and so on. So in chapters 27 to the end of the book of Deuteronomy, it really sets out, the, sets out the series of blessing that will follow those who walk in the path of obedience. And God, he gives to his people a series of cursing that will follow those who walk in the path of disobedience. So you could say that this whole book is an exposition, you know, explanation about love. See, God is love and those who are his people are called to a life of love. Amen? And so we need to know what a life of love looks like. And Jesus says it's in two parts. It's loving God and it's loving others. And the Ten Commandments tells us what this love looks like, what it means to love God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. That is why in the New Testament, friends, we read in Romans in chapter 13 and verse 10 that love is the fulfillment of the law. Why is love the fulfillment of the law? Because law is the explanation of love. See, works in both directions. Amen? So if you love your Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength, you are doing everything that God asks of you. 
Now let's first look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. God says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. See, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, Moses is speaking to Israel and he describes the Lord as our God. They are God's people because God has chosen them. Deuteronomy 7, 6, it says, The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. They are God's people, friends, not because they have made God theirs, but because God has made them his. See, nations choose another, other gods, but God has chosen this nation. They are God's people because God has redeemed them. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 34 says, Has any God ever tried to take for himself from one nation out of another nation like the Lord your God did for you? Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 12, look at what God has done for you. Do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of slavery. Deuteronomy 6 and 21, when your son asks you, tell him we were slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out. Deuteronomy 7 and 8, it was because the Lord loved you that he, that he redeemed you from the land of slavery. They are God's people because God made a covenant with them. Deuteronomy 5, 12, the Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. See, God has bonded these people to himself in a unique covenant, friends, that goes, you know, the promise that he made to Abraham. Genesis in chapter 12, verses 2 to 3, I will make you into a great nation and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, there is something important to know. The command to love God with all of our heart is not given to God's enemies, but to his friends. This command is given to people that he has chosen, the people that he had redeemed from slavery. He has redeemed from slavery. The people to whom he has pledged his promises, the people he is leading into the promised land. See, God does not call his enemies to love him for the simple reason that they cannot. It's not in them. What does God call his enemies to do? He calls them to repent and to believe the gospel. Amen? God calls on his enemies to be reconciled to him. It is to God's redeemed people. He says, love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. The message to your unbelieving friends or to your rebellious children is not love your Lord your God with your heart. You're simply telling them to do something that they don't have it in them. That's what Clint read, it's the Holy Spirit that comes and reveals all the truth which abides in us. Amen. 
Your message to the world is not love the Lord your God. Our message to the world is repent and believe the gospel. But to those who do repent and who do believe, God says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and with all of your strength. This message today, friends, is for Christians. It is not for everybody. But if you have uh, believed in Jesus, if you have embraced him as your Lord and Savior, this message is for you. If God has laid his life upon, you know, where he has claimed, uh, he's put his hand upon your life, if you have been re redeemed by the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if you have embraced the Savior by faith, this message is for you. I want to call out to you today, if that describes you, my friend, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, with a love that reflects what he is doing for you in Jesus Christ. Amen. I really want to say this from my heart. Love the Lord your God. Guys, I want you to understand this. Never think of the Old Testament commandment as a ladder for unsafe people to walk their way nearer to God. It was never intended that way. God is speaking this to his redeemed children who has faith in the God of the Bible. Are you with me? And then Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, friends, God was described with different names in the Hebrew language. See, every name of God, uh, you know, highlighted one aspect of his character. And that word uh, right at the beginning in Genesis, it say, where it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, that word in the Hebrew language is Elohim, which means supreme one or the living God. And that word Elohim is used in the plural noun more than one. So we as New Testament believers now, we have, have a much clearer understanding of the Trinity. We could read it this way. In the beginning, Father, Son, Holy Spirit created the heavens and the earth. And friends, that word Elohim in the Old Testament has been used more than 2,500 times. And the writer to Hebrews says this about Moses. Hebrews in chapter 11 and verse 26, he says, He thought it was better to suffer for Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Moses, he was suffering for the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ. Amen? See, Moses knew Christ. Moses, he was suffering for Christ. But let me point out what I believe what, Mo, what Moses was trying to make these guys really, really understand. See, these guys, those who were born in Egypt, those who will need to set an example for this younger generation of people who will be going into the promised land not to get caught up in committing idolatry. 
See, what these guys, they saw in Egypt was the Egyptians, they worshipped multiple gods. And where they were heading, they were heading to the land of Canaan, where they also worshipped multiple gods. And all the surrounding nations worshipped multiple gods. And what Moses, he is trying to make them understand is basically this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. We are not like the Egyptians or any other nations, you know, who have multiple gods. Our God, the God of the Bible, he alone is God and he alone is to be worshipped. Don't ever become like the other nations, you know, who worship the crocodiles and the cows and the monkeys and the rats. We are not like them. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. Yahweh alone is to be worshipped and Yahweh alone is our God. Amen. See, in the so-called religious society that society that we live in loving god becomes for many people as loving god as i want him to be when we say love god to someone who is not a believer they often feel the freedom to fill in the word god with their own content but god is whoever he wants to be he is not whoever you want him to be. Amen? We can't have the God we love to be a God of our own choosing. See, New Age teaching thrives on the assumption of all the names of God the same. As long as you have some kind of belief system. But the name of our God, the God of the Bible, will always going to be offensive. Because our witness is not that we are people of faith or we, you know, have some kind of belief system. We uphold religious values. Our witness is tied to the name of Jesus Christ. Through him is the only way to heaven that always going to be offensive. And we love Jesus, and because of Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. Our loyalty is to the God of the Bible, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Moses is saying, and this God, we are to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our st uh, strength. Now let me share a quick testimony, friends. But 23 years ago, and... We were very young, Shelly and I, back then, 23 years ago. I guess all of us were. But, you know, we, we, we were newly married. You know, we were married for about a year and a half, and Shelly was pregnant, and I lost my job. And the reason I lost my job, because I was not working in the ways of the Lord. And God was trying to teach me something over here. He wanted to take the world out from me. And so I did some, I went and, 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 and sat down with the Lord, and I I really, really prayed and I said, God, I want to really save you faithfully. I can see what's happening to me is just because you, you're speaking to me. And then, by the grace of God, the faithful God, he gave me a good job. And, uh, you know, within three months, I became a team leader. And um, we were saving for a house. And, 
and, and, and we were praying into it. And as we started to pray into it, my mom, she comes and she goes, uh, my partner and I, we, we want to buy a house and we want to buy it with you guys, you know, together, uh, you know. And, and he goes, I got $80,000 deposit. Back then, 23 years, 23 years ago, the houses were around about $250,000. You, you have a beautiful house with the land. And we thought, hey, this is from God, you know. We're praying and God is providing. And so that night when I went sleeping, uh, God, Jesus spoke to me and he goes, what about the idols that your mom will bring in the house? Those of you who don't know, my mom is a Hindu. And I said, no deal. And I said to Shelly, I said, we're not doing this. You know, some things, you know, as a husband, you know, when it's a godly stuff, I just don't go and ask her. I just tell her. And don't take me wrong. Because you know what? I tell you one thing. We men, we need to rise up, man. We need to lead from the front. Amen? We need to tell the enemy that we are the head. We're going to chop the devil's head. Amen? Come on. And I told my wife, and obviously she's a godly woman, and she was in total agreement. Probably didn't want to live with mother-in-law anyway. <laughs> I said, no deal. The day, my friend, the day I sent a message to the enemy, the devil, that I'm fully sold out to Jesus. Don't try to buy me, my friend, because for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And some of us over here, we need to draw that line in the sand and you haven't done it yet. You need to declare war with, with the enemy. Only through the strength of Jesus. But just don't do it for the sake of doing it, my friend. Do it because you mean it. If you're going to declare, you know, the fight with the enemy and you are not covered by the blood of Jesus, he will conquer you, man. Amen. And then in Deuteronomy in chapter 6, Moses says, love God with all of your heart. In other words, what he is saying, love God with all of your affection. See, don't, let, don't ever think of your salvation as some kind of, you know, business transaction in which, you know, Jesus Christ, he does certain things and you do certain things. And with a polite handshake, it's a deal. Don't think of your salvation like that way, man. Friends, Christ has redeemed you. He shed his blood to bring you to himself. He does this because he loves you. Amen? This relationship into he brings us is in, what, in, which, uh, in, in one in which you know him and you come to increasingly love him. Now, the heart is more than affection because in the ancient Hebrew language, uh, you know, it includes the mind, the will, the desire, the intent, and the motive. Your thinking, your feeling, and your desiring are all done in your heart. See, we often think of the head and the heart of two different departments, right? You know, that, you know, they don't communicate with each other. Should I go with my head or should I go with my heart? But when Jesus, he quoted these words, you know, he added the word mind, making it clear that the head is in the heart. If you look at the ancient Hebrew language, that's how they, that's how they were seeing things. Love God with all your heart means love him with all that is in you. And then it says, love God with all of your soul. Psalm 103 and verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and all that is within me, bless his holy name. The word soul, friends, could also be translated as life. Love the Lord with all of your energy, all of your talents, all of your ears. You know, make commitment that will, you know, make people be aware of that you are loving God, the God of the Bible. What God has done for you in ways that shows uh, other people that you love him. People see that we love our family, you know, that we love our work, that we love our sports. What are we doing to make it all obvious that we love our God? Friends, the, friends, love the Lord with all of your life. Don't let your ears slip away. Don't let your talents lie wasted. Love the Lord your God. And then love God with all of your strength. With all of your muchness, the word strength literally means, you know, with all of your muchness, which really isn't a word, right? But love God with all of your muchness. It means with all of your substance and all of your possessions, all that God has given to you in this life. Matthew 19, remember Jesus spoke, sorry, Jesus, he spoke with a man who had great muchness and he lived a moral life and felt that, you know, he had kept all the commandments, no murder, no adultery, no stealing, and he had cared for his father and for his mother. The man thought that he had kept the law, but Jesus brings him to see that he has missed the point. See, the whole point of the law is this, love God, with all of your heart and your soul and your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus, he challenges this man to love God and to love his neighbor with his muchness. Jesus says, here is what you can do. Go sell that all that you have and give to the poor and then come and follow me. See, Jesus was saying, you are living a moral life, my friend, and you think that fulfills the command? You love your muchness more than you love God. Your muchness is an idol in your life. Love God with your muchness. What happened when Jesus said this to him? He went away sad. He walked away sad. That's what happens, friends, with people who want to keep Jesus Christ at a distance. Friends, what are we doing with our muchness? The way we use our muchness is a reflection of what we love. Amen? What portion of our muchness would be a suitable expression for our Lord Jesus Christ that advances the name of Jesus Christ? Amen? Guys, gone silent on me, man. What do you think of a man, you know, who says that, you know, he loves his wife but never spends anything on her? Matthew 6 and 21, it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Friends, love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength, with all of your muchness. You know, John in chapter 21 and verse 16, Jesus said, Simon Peter, do you truly love me? Can you picture the risen Lord looking deep into our soul and asking that question, do you really, really, really love me? 
I chose you, I redeemed you, I went to the cross for you, my body was broken for you, my blood shed for you, I awakened you, I regenerated you, breathed life unto you, I made a covenant with you, I watch over you. Before a word is in your tongue, you know, I know it completely. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have said that I will never leave you, nor I will forsake you. I think with Peter, we will say, Lord, you know that I love you. But I struggle to love you with all of my heart and with all of my soul and with all of my strength. Friends, I want to finish off with something for us to think about and to pray into question is that how can our love for God come to a place in a way that we can, you know, say that I love God with all of my heart and with all of my soul and with all of my strength? It starts with a desire, isn't it? See, if we have no desire for God to be first in our lives, then Satan, our enemy, who knows our sitting and our standing and, you know, our moving around, who knows that what we speak when we are not here on Sunday out over, over there, he knows everything, he knows all hearts, what you're up to. And when he sees us doing things which is not God-like, he quickly takes advantage of that. And he throws things at us that takes our joy and our love Away from us, we get frustrated in life. See, many believers, friends, they have made Jesus their Savior, but they haven't made him their Lord. Amen? So let's ask ourselves as we come to God in prayer this week, what it is that is coming and taking the place of God in my life? Are we thinking less about God and more about satisfying my own fleshly desires in whatever form or whatever way? Maybe in some areas, friends, God is first in your life, but then there's other areas you lack. What is it? You've got to name them. Let's sit this week in the presence of the living God, holy God, and ask these questions to God. He's a good God. He wants to take things out from us, right? But someone said it in a good way. He says that Jesus comes and he takes us out from this world and then he takes the world out from us. What are those areas? Let me name some of the things that so easily can come and take our joy and our love away from God. Is it sports? Spending way too much time watching sports. Is it wrong company? The Bible says that uh, good com uh, bad company corrupts good morals. Who are you hanging around with? Some, we need to get rid of some of the friends in our life who are, you know, strangling the spiritual life out from us. Is it money, friends? The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evils. Not one evil, two evil, all evil. If you are in love with money, my friend, I can tell you right now that Satan will have a better hold of you. You will never move forward. Or is it worry and stress about the future? 
Worrying about your children. Worrying is a sin. That means you're not trusting in the living God. Amen? These are real questions, friends, we need to bring before God in prayer in order for us to move forward in God. If any one of us is stuck and not moving forward, maybe these are some of the questions you need to come and ask God and ask Him to help you. Be honest with Him. He wants to do business with you so that He can use you. But most important, importantly, how my love for God can grow how can I love God more? By understanding that He first loved me. See, when I will see more of His love, you know, uh, when I will see more of His love for me, then I will be able to love Him more. Amen? Jesus Christ, He stretched out His hands on that cross you know, for me, he saved me from the hells of fire and he took me into his heart and, and showed his love for me. That's why I love him much. See, loving God is learned, friends, at the cross of Jesus Christ. Loving God is learned at the cross of Jesus Christ. When I remember that awful, awful cross that my Lord and Savior endured, then my love for Him increases. Amen? That's why we should remember what Christ went through, not only during Easter Sunday or, you know, during when we, whenever we take communion, but we need to live at the cross of Jesus Christ every day. That's why, my friend, you know, Jesus Christ is only Savior for some and not has become Lord because they only think about that cross of Jesus during Easter. It's a challenging message, I know, but I hope that God is doing business with you right now. I really do. It's only with Jesus and in Jesus and through Jesus we can say that I love God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my Strength by visualizing that cross of Jesus every day, what he went through. You know, Psalm 51, David said, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Friends, that prayer may be a prayer that we need to start praying every day for some of us. Making a fresh start to love God the way that God wants us to love him. Amen? so that we can make Christ known. Why don't we all stand up? I say a prayer, and in your heart, I just want to encourage you that if you are battling with something which is not Christ-like, bring it before God today, He's a good God. He wants to really do business with us. The way that things are unfolding right now in the world, people are panicking and we are the answer. But we can only be the answer if we are the shining light that God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. Father, we just want to give you all the glory and honor and praise. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for saving us, redeeming us, Thank you, O oh God, that you made a covenant with us. I just want to pray for the nation of Israel, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God, Father, that they are your treasured possession and you love them with an everlasting love. 
right now what's going in Israel. We pray for the peace of Israel, peace for the Middle East country around them. Father, I pray that people will know and know that you have made a covenant with them and they will go and search the scriptures that how you scattered them uh, to the ends of the earth and then you gathered them together as one nation and they became a nation Israel in 1948. What an amazing God you are. So we pray for the peace of Israel. And we pray, oh God, Father, for the Jewish people over there who hasn't received Jesus as the Messiah, as the Lord and Savior. Have mercy upon them so that they also can come to know Jesus is the only way to heaven. And I just want to pray for us as a church, my God. We thank you, O oh God, that you love us with an everlasting love. Thank you for your many promises in the Bible that you will never leave us nor forsake us. But I just want to pray, O oh God, a prayer that will come and, Father, open the prison doors. As a matter of fact, the prison door is already open. And I want, Father, we as your children to walk out in freedom. Oh, Father, I pray, Jesus, that if your children... Anyone here is battling with some kind of sin problem. Would you come and minister to that person right now, oh God? Say that you love him and you care, care for him. That's why you are dealing with him. I pray, Jesus, that as, uh, as the heavy hand of Lord sometimes comes heavy upon, up, upon us, my people will not see that as someone, uh, you as a bad God, but you as a God who loves them and cares for them. That's why you are putting your heavy hand upon them, oh God, so that they can become that shining light for you. Oh, Jesus, we thank you, O oh God, Father, that your desire is to use us as the body of Christ to be that shining light. Would you, Father, come and do a quick work in us so that we can be wholly available for you, advancing the kingdom of God. I pray for our marriages, O oh God, Father. I pray that the marriage will be in a holy place, O oh God, Father. I pray, Jesus, that may we will lead from the front, O oh God, the husbands, O oh God, who are called to be the head, O oh God. I pray for the wives, O oh God, that they will partner with us, O oh God, Father, in advancing the kingdom of God, the helper that you have called them to be, O oh God. I pray, Jesus, that may you will help us, O oh God, Father, to model the marriage the way that Christian marriage should look like, O oh God. I pray for our children, O oh God, would you lead them and guide them and protect them from the things of this world that so easily can come and, Father, uh, and, and entangle them and, and, and take the joy and the, and, and the, and the peace of God out from their life, oh God. Oh, Jesus, I pray that if anyone is in a place of sin, they will repent right now in the name of Jesus, and they will believe that the blood of Jesus has the power to come and conquer the, 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 the things that, Father, they have allowed to come in their life, oh God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that you are a God who cares for us. You are the living God. I pray, Jesus, for anyone who is sick in the body, I pray, oh God, that healing will come in the name of Jesus, oh God. I pray, Jesus, those who are looking to, uh, Father, be blessed in, in different ways, may your blessing will come upon them, oh God. You are the God who blesses your children, oh God, Father. I pray, oh God, that your blessing will flow in the lives of your children, oh God. Oh, thank you, Father, that you are a loving God. You're a loving Father. We want to say that we love you from all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength, oh God. 
I pray, oh God, the reminder, uh, if we're going to go from here, oh God, the rest of the week, oh God, Father, will be blessed in your name, oh God, Father, that we will be the shining light that you have called us to be, that we would want uh, people to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Open our mouths, oh God, Father. Let fear go away, oh God, Father. I pray all this in the mighty, precious name of Jesus. Amen, Lord.